0: we're live. All right. Well, welcome people to another episode of Real Talk. Today I have Megan Zimba on with us. I think I ran into her on the LinkedIn world. We're both in the time of manufacturing engineering world and I was very I was very curious what she was doing and what she's doing to the world and putting out content, educating people, and also the women in manufacturing. She does a lot, of, a lot of fascinating and innovative things for the industry moving forward in this data rail technology realm, and uh, I'm really glad to have her on. So welcome, Megan.
1: Thanks, Rob. I'm glad to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, so tell us a little about yourself. Tell us a little about just a quick about, about yourself and what what you're doing.
1: Yeah, so my name is Megan Zimba, like you mentioned before, and I'm actually a tech writer for industrial manufacturing. I uh, started writing for manufacturing back in 2008 for a trade publication that focused on uh, product design and development. And after that whole uh, stitch in my career, I ended up in multiple marketing positions for different manufacturers. So I've worked with a bearing company, an additive manufacturing company, a CNC machining company, and really fell in love with just industrial manufacturing and how things are made and what value they provide to everybody like us in our everyday lives and how they make our lives more simple. And um, uh, two years ago, I decided to start my own company called z Inc Solutions, and also start a live video broadcast series called Mavens of Manufacturing, which focuses on the women within engineering and manufacturing and what drives me today is really just trying to inspire that next generation workforce, because as you know, in manufacturing, we are uh, facing this industrial skills gap and we really need to figure out how we can get the younger generation excited again and uh, come have them pursue career pathways in our sector.
0: You know, That's exactly why we connected and the process, what yes. I've seen you doing. And it's fascinating coming from a tech writer, right? From a tech writer, you're being curious, understanding technology and actually simplifying it. And, I mean, you can explain it to an engineer standpoint, but to simplify it to the normal, simple human to understand what is going on in technology. Because we have that big gap, just like you say. There's a, there's a succession issue we're having of labor, and there's also a gap of what is technology, what is manufacturing, what is supply chain, how does products work, how do the, the hardware. Because, again, we our industry is in mainstream media every single day last couple of years because of what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And it's exciting.
1: It is really exciting. It's also scary too, because if you think about it, if we don't start strengthening our foundation in manufacturing again, you know, it is a national security threat. We're falling behind the rest of the world. And you don't really want to do that. If you want to remain a thriving country that has great opportunities, you really need to have that strong manufacturing base. So I'm really uh, passionate about getting the younger generations excited. And if I can change one mind, uh, that's a great, great step for me.
0: I echo everything you said. I love it. <laughs> so tell us a little about like the the, the Z Ink. So you're from tech writing and started Z Ink. So right now, do you write for publications? What are you, What is Z Ink doing right now?
1: So I do a variety of different things. I do some ghostwriting for people who are in the, the sector that don't have very phenomenal writing skills but they have a lot of great ideas and they wanna share those ideas. So I have a couple clients who, um, you know, put out blog posts every month. Um, Their name is on the content, but it's actually me helping them organize those ideas and uh, writing it out for them. So kind of like what book editors and book publishers do for most of these people who are coming out with books. Um, I also do product releases and press releases for different companies. Uh, I've written white papers before. Uh, Some of the other things that I have coming up are eBooks and product brochures. And then I do a lot of uh, site audits as well, too. So I'll review company websites and let them know, hey, this is really easy for me to retain. Um, However, this is really difficult for me to navigate. So giving them suggestions and recommendations on what they can do to really optimize their websites so that it's easier for their customers to navigate through. And then I also offer recommendations on who they can connect with in terms of updating some of those um, things on their website. Because I am not a web developer by any means, um, but I've worked with enough websites to know what is user friendly and what's not. So I have a lot of connections within the industry that they can take advantage of and get, you know, a great website lined up and help serving their customers uh, a lot quicker and faster.
0: Exactly. So you come in, again, uh, the new generation consultation to companies in the traditional manufacturing supply chain industry who are not so innovative, understand what does the future demand what's going on, helping them develop their business, you know, uh, brand and process and what they're trying to achieve and connecting them with them. I mean, I mean, connecting, make, creating connections for them to really bring them to the next level to this 21st generation or what we're living in. Yeah. Because again, it's all about presence data that's in the marketplace and really where you stand to build that visibility to credibility that can create your opportunity.
1: Mm -hmm. Because content creation is becoming a priority more and more with industrial manufacturers. Um, You know, back in the day, they weren't so great at marketing themselves because it was all, you know, trying to push their sales outward. And now it's more of that inbound marketing where they really need to, to get connected on a human level with their customers and show what value that they provide but it can't be in you know sales lingo it has to be more humanizing and more authentic and transparent so it's interesting to see that shift in marketing and helping you know this old school uh sector kind of catch up with what some of the marketing trends are
0: rehumanizing the manufacturing business yeah you know, uh, and you know, and that it, there is a lot. You know, my, I mean, myself, I've been in this industry. My father started our business forty plus years ago, and um, I'm the succession of it. And I, have seen it, I've seen it change. And I, again, mm-hmm. i been up, coming to the industry, come technology bound, really forward thinking, and putting ourselves with the people are uh, because what we see in the last couple decades, like sales and marketing, were separate. Two, especially in big yeah. corporations, they're completely disconnected. Marketing creates, does their job, sales do their job. And a lot of um, hardware companies or just in electronics in general, or many they don't have the sales, That sales representatives. They didn't really have sales teams. They, they extended out to sales reps who designed in their product or to print. And the marketing mm-hmm. was just giving them white papers or data sheets. And they were just some brand logos. And yeah, this was very old school traditional. And in this last two decades of the 20, 2000 to 2022 to you know everything has changed because of the world wide web and the connectivity it's made the world much smaller but again it's Mm -hmm. it's rehumanizing it's like we all have to change we all have to pivot we all have to go into what we're trying to achieve and who we're trying to reach
1: yeah absolutely because you know no one wants to be sold to anymore they want to be educated they want to make their own decisions they want to have control of You know who they're making those connections with and who what types of relationships they're building with their companies so you can't just really cold call someone anymore and just pitch to them right away you really have to educate them on what your services are what your products are and the value that it gives to them so that then they can compare it to someone else that they're researching and then come to a decision on their own
0: excuse me you have to build that brand that yeah, brand awareness, not just with the company brand but also the personal brand to rehumanize themselves that the salesperson isn't just the company they're actually their own brand you can trust them they have um they can create awareness create content and again our i think from the consumer standpoint, our our whole world has changed between how we engage content and we're all very very our buy are very video heavy Everything's video, even our from the TV streaming to YouTubes to the social medias and the Instagrams and then now the TikToks and all these things that are around there. It's got us engaged and it keeps that dopamine levels in us. And we just keep going like 30 seconds, 60 seconds. and like it gets us engaged. And that's really where we're getting it. Not a lot of people read as much as they used to. They listen. They don't uh, open catalogs as much as they used to. You know mm-hmm. and that new generation that you said even the new generation coming into the industry the Z generation that's coming in they their source of truth is social media and the internet yeah if, if you're not red you're dead literally if you're not on the internet you're kind of dead if you're not brand you're dead and that's I love that you're coming in and and trying to really um rehumanize that and reinvent that and and educate your customers to really take it to the next level of what they need to do to be to be being modernized in this day and age?
1: Yeah. So it, it it's kind of funny because I remember when I started out in the trade publication industry, I recommended us starting a Facebook page and there was pushback. No, that's not professional. They're not going to take us serious if we're on Facebook. And all of a sudden it became the new trend. Well, now it's the same conversations around Snapchat and TikTok. So why on earth would I be on TikTok? No, it's unprofessional. No one's going to see us there, but that's where the next generation is. The next generation is glued to their phone. They're spending hours scrolling through these you know, silly videos that I find myself getting addicted to as well. So they really need to start strategizing how they can create these fun, memorable, short bits of information on this channel, because if you want to recruit the next generation, that's where you need to start. In my opinion, they're all in TikTok. And I do see manufacturing companies starting to experiment with that channel and they are gaining traction. So if you want to get ahead of them, you need to start thinking, okay, well, how can I present my brand on TikTok and do what some of these other companies are doing? Because those companies are already ahead of you and they're gaining traction. They're getting people to recognize who their brand are. And they're starting to get comments and likes and all that other stuff that people don't Think is important, but they're starting to make a, a memory in the next generation. And when the next generation comes up and they're looking for a job, those brands on TikTok that they remember are going to be the companies that they pursue. So that's just food for thought.
0: <laughs> that's like a mic drop moment right there. Yeah, I love it. A- I love it. Yeah, I, I love that vision, and I love and you you nailed it. So uh, thank you for that. And that's something that I try to preach myself, and it's hard because. It's also resistant to change what's going on in the industry. And uh, mm-hmm. but again, it's building awareness. You start just like you change one person's life or two people's life or give them perspective. That's all we're there for is to make a difference and make a change. And I, I am, I, I cannot be more excited for you know collaborating with you and really going over and sharing this because I think we can do a lot because we have the same vision of changing yeah. the industry and making it relevant again, making it exciting. And cool and cool. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Bringing in the new generation, like, hey, hardware before us, like manufacturing hardware is sexy. It's not just all about software, guys, the hardware is sexy, and it's fun. And we're, and how I how I also explain it is like, the industry, we are the hardware, the foundation of manufacturing and hardware engineering, we're changing the world. We're Mm -hmm. sending we're saving lives to technology. We're sending rockets up in the air we are have count aerospace defense we're creating electronic vehicles we're going you know into industrial telecommunications we have cell phones we have the iot of the cloud that's all basis is hardware so yeah. we're making a difference and i also telling that to the older generation that hey guys just don't sell the product. Like, be celebrate what we've done in the last two years, the technology that everybody's using. You're making a difference of changing people's lives. If you look like you have a purpose, that you're a salesperson for a specific product, a component, or a manufacturer, you are making a difference in the world, the way we live today, advancing the humanity to what it is. And we're at that trend, exponential growth rate that it's there's no stopping us right now.
1: Right. And yeah. it's interesting, too, because um, some engineers don't understand the excitement of smaller components because not everybody sees the smaller components and some of these larger component components that we're familiar with. So, you know, that rocket ship that, you know, is going to the moon or some of these technologies that are going to get us to Mars, they're made up of smaller, tiny components that we don't see up front. And getting to that route, And making it known that, hey, this wouldn't be possible without those itty bitty components, I think is another way to look at it as well, too, because without those smaller components, we wouldn't be able to reach big heights. So how do we market that and make it exciting? And um, there's a lot of things going on in aerospace that are really exciting. There's a lot of things going on in automation that are really exciting. The vehicles that we have, I think the last um, stat that I heard, there's like, Around 30 or 40,000 components in a car now, where that wasn't possible before. And it's all because of the electronic stuff that we're incorporating in the car. Like, that is fascinating. Like, how, where are these components? Because when I get in my car, that's not what I'm thinking of. I don't know the any parts that are involved with it. So, I'll give you a
0: little little stat. Um, Right now, the semiconductors are number four, the highest traded, or components in general. It's number 4 in the highest traded uh, commodities you would say semiconductors they're saying within 5 years it's going to hit number 1 so you it imagine might that, yeah be
1: shorter that.
0: than that <laughs> yeah it might yeah. be shorter it depends on where we have a supply and demand issue which is something i want to mm-hmm. jump in with you because i know you're working with a lot of people in an industry and working with them and hearing what's actually on the ground like the soldiers on the ground the challenges so like on the on with what are you hearing? What what do you get from your customers and the data that you're taking in? What's what are you seeing happening in the supply chain and manufacturing and the big uh shortages? And what where do you see some uh, positives or some of the negatives that uh, some of these companies are facing right now?
1: So with the supply chain issues, I mean everybody's having a really hard time getting what they need when they want it. And um, there's a couple of companies that I have talked to where you know, they had a back order of a certain amount and now that back order has actually like tripled or quadrupled. So they're gonna be really busy for a really long time. And once the supply chain issues go away, whenever they do go away, um, they're gonna probably have a hard time catching up with all of those orders because right now, I think their lead times went from like three or four weeks to now uh, eight to nine or 10 weeks even um i've heard stories
0: nine that's pretty good because right now you're going like people like four weeks to 40 weeks yeah or even
1: yeah so i mean it it depends on what what you're creating and what you're producing that's going to determine and where you're getting it from um a lot of people are trying to reach out to these companies who can promise yeah we can find the product and get it to you But now they're having a hard time keeping up with that promise because they themselves can't find those products. And, you know, once they do find it, it goes off the shelf right away because everybody wants it. Um, In terms of like metals, I I heard that copper is really hard to get a hold of now. Um, And just, you know, things like that that we've taken for granted that was really easy to get, we can't get anymore. So then, you know, how do you adjust? What partnerships do you need? in terms of like acquisitions and mergers, I heard it's a great time to to acquire smaller companies because of the costs that are involved. Um, so after you know inflation, it might not be as easy to acquire a company because the price is going to jack up. Um, but yeah, I mean it it just depends on what area you're in and in what you're producing and providing or or what you're purchasing. And I think you know. There's opportunities for the United States in particular to start building more here and bringing some of that stuff back to shore. So like with semiconductors, you know, we've been outsourcing that that small component for a really long time. And now it's catching up for now it's catching up to us because, you know, we all have heard of um, the semiconductor shortage and the problems that it's causing. So how can we bring production back to the United States and make it more available to us? And we have the opportunity to do that. But then we have the the workforce shortage. So if we do bring that back to shore, how are we going to fill those empty seats that are predicted to reach over two million by 2030? How are we going to bring the excitement back to manufacturing so that when kids are going through elementary and middle school, we're putting them on a track? that's going to guarantee that they're going to pursue, you know, uh, a career in engineering and manufacturing. And it's not just the component side either. It's, you know, everything that's getting digitized now, we have all of these opportunities for data um, analysts, data scientists, I think is one of the terms that I heard the position being called. So we have all these opportunities to collect all of this data. How are we going to organize that? and use that in a way that is actually gonna help these manufacturing companies. So we have all these new opportunities coming up with these newer technologies, but how are we gonna fill those opportunities up if we don't really start convincing these kids that it's the place to be and you, you can have a thriving career with it. So a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of unknowns. Um, and it's, you know, we gotta start having more and more of these conversations so that we can work together and solve all of them together because
0: it's not an ornate fix yeah you hit a lot of good points about that you know we can spend all the money in the world trying to build wafer fabs or manufacturing plants and onshore onshore stuff that's offshore the challenge is the infrastructure we got the infrastructure is not all here the manpower Mm -hmm. is not here the natural resources water number one thing you need for manufacturing is water and some of the areas water issues droughts things happening so there's a lot of uh, hurdles that we have to get through to bring back are we going to bring everything back no we can bring back a lot to help have a kind of uh reallocate where we uh everything's manufactured not put your all your eggs in one basket but again at the end of the day there is we you know unfortunately everything is about especially public traded companies about profitability less liability bring the margin down bring the margin down and that's why we're in the supply chain break um, that caused the pandemic just caused that break that rubber band to break and it just let set free to realize that we're so lean in the world because we wanted to maximize profits and have less liability and inventory on hand that when there's an excess of demand and countries print trillions of dollars and just give it out and people want more product it's, it's not there and we can't sustain it. And then technology yeah. advances at the same time with going to like EV, uh, renewable energies and process and tech and there's such more exponential ground and components, it just takes it from everywhere. And there, there's a lot of uh, bottlenecks that are happening and it's gonna take a, about five, about five, 10 years. I mean, this decade, in my opinion, this 20s, the 2020s, the roaring 20s, I'm calling it roaring 2020s 20s because it's like 1920s, but hopefully you don't end up with Black Friday, what happened then. But these right. are the type of things that come to be is historical, but it, history repeats itself sometimes. But we're we're in this type of roaring 20s because it's the most exciting time to be in electronics. Even in our business, mm-hmm. everybody everybody knows what I, what our, we do, what I do. When I say I'm an electronics distribution design, it's just like, they, they never knew what that was. You sell a computer, you sell a component. What, do you, what I mean, we don't yeah. even know what it was. Now they know like, you know, those chip shortage? Okay, that's where we're in. We're in that supply chain. And now everybody, two things coming out of pandemic, people are, are try to be experts are, is uh, epidemiology of uh, viruses and then how to be a supply chain expert. So yeah. these are two things <laughs> that you learned in the last couple of years uh, because it's all you yeah. read about every day and all the news was pushed to you because the technology is pushing. And that's one thing that you said is with the education of kids is we need to start pushing more informative and exciting information to the children, the new generation, that gets them excited about the hardware, the technology. The, you know you have to also, I mean, the math side and all this type of things that creates these engineers and future leaders of the industry to give them those paths. And unfortunately, there are some issues out there we have because there is a point of you know what comes for consumer side, or what comes for marketing, and what is really needed, and that's really that inflection yeah. of what we can do. And I, just like yourself, you're trying to sp- spread that awareness of bringing it all back and uh, and and influencing the new generations that are coming to this industry. So it, it's it's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's exciting, and it's also nerve wracking because you know we all know what happens if you don't have a strong manufacturing base? Um, I come from a very, uh, it's not a very small community, but it's it's like a mid-sized community, I guess you could say. And, you know, when the late nineties, early two thousands happened, we had like three, there was like three or four major manufacturers. I can only remember three, but I wanted to say there was one more, but like, two of them completely shut down and then one completely cut its workforce in half. And it affected our community negatively. Like we had poverty rise up. We had crime rise up. People were moving out of the city to go somewhere else where they knew that they could thrive. So it was just not a great place to be. And now that we're kind of on our way back up because uh, we had one person come in and invest a lot of money back into our community, businesses want to set up shop in in the community I grew up in. Um, we have a new downtown area with new restaurants and new hotels that we didn't even know existed. People are coming to visit. Um, they're excited to be there. It doesn't have a negative reputation like it did before. So, and it's just because the manufacturing companies that came in and set up shop there are helping put back into our economy, creating more jobs and offering opportunities for small business owners to set up shop as well, too, because if we didn't have that manufacturing base small business shops wouldn't be interested in setting up shop in our community so it's a chain reaction
0: you know what you create it's it's not rocket science i think we've done this the us has done this for over 100 years i mean building the industrial revolution a process building out cities and things but yeah. unfortunately, in the last 20-30 years, these cities started getting smaller, and some of the people moved to the big east coast or west coast and technology, Silicon Valley, you know, all these areas in the Midwest states got hit the hardest because the manufacturing transferred offshore. And yeah. then what happened was the Asia, I mean, I spent a lot of time in Asia and China, especially in the last 20 years. They did what we did over a hundred years ago, but in a better way because they learned how to build industrial, they did that. They brought manufacturing to certain zones, certain areas, they built infrastructure, they built out industrial zones, which brought the jobs and within that they built cities, they built commerce, they built this and it just grew and it grew that the class just started growing because people started in real estate, people started selling shops or restaurants and start mm-hmm. spending money and expendable income because of working at these manufacturers happened. So they, they built these cities within 30 years, a, a country, is now the most was which probably it was not even the top 10 most powerful country now is the most second most powerful country that would mean from revenue standpoint and and gdp and when they have Mm -hmm. the the manpower and unfortunately it came to a point where i mean it is a political side but it's like it's all about people think about profitability at the end of the day They're not thinking about how the others of, of building the generation unfortunately you're you're where you grew up and where your city is went through that phase. You know, a lot of shutdowns happened, a lot of loss of jobs, people moved out, it kind of got depressed. And now yeah. there is, a, thankfully, there's a lot of companies coming back and kind of re, just like you said, re-infrastructure people are coming back. But again, it's also that new workforce or the new the new generation has to also have the education, has to yeah. be driven, has to show and to take these jobs and these type of uh, jobs, manufacturing, you know, White collar, blue collar, whatever you get into these jobs to build the infrastructure in these cities and and revive the world to make it exciting again.
1: Yeah. And that's where that whole rebranding comes in and why, you know, marketers and tech writers or content creators are really, you know, some of the top prioritized positions that companies are looking for. And they need someone to come in and share their stories and represent their brand in an authentic way that's going to connect with people and get them proud of what they're creating. And you, you can't do that if you don't have the good content. And if you're not talking, you know, other companies are going to talk over you and they're going to take that attention away from you. So it's really important that you have a content strategy that's memorable, that's humanizing, and, you know, it gets people excited about what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're going to, not be seen and you're going to be forgotten and you're not going to be successful or as successful as you could be without that content marketing strategy. That's my opinion.
0: (laughs) Nailed it. You nailed it. So, so, so Megan, tell us a little bit about the, uh, the Mavens, all this, what you're involved in with the Mavens and tell us a little bit about that.
1: Um, so I started Mavens two years ago and it was because I was sick and tired of going on LinkedIn linkedin and seeing all these podcast conversations happening and none of the women that i knew in the sector from my trade publication days were being invited to these conversations so i really wanted to provide a platform for women to brag about what they're doing in the sector and you know talk about their experiences and share their stories because i still feel there's a misconception on the opportunities women have available to them in this sector like It used to be really bad when I first started, but things have gotten better, and it's kind of been a slow pace improvement, and I kind of want to, you know, put the metal to the pedal and just fast forward that pace and uh, get more and more women excited about this sector because I think it's a great place to be, and there's a lot of opportunities that women can thrive in, and we need it. We need it right now because, like we mentioned before, we have this workforce gap, and You know, if we just only focus on half the population and ignore the rest, we're in trouble. So I'm really trying to just get women excited about it and uh, have women, especially younger girls, build the confidence that they might not have had before. I've I've been an introvert my entire life. Um, I'm still struggling with that sometimes. But, you know, manufacturing is a great place to build up your confidence and be proud of what you're creating and be a part of something bigger than yourself. And I think women thrive on those relationship um, aspects of things. Uh, we, we tend to wanna be more relationship generated than, than men do. So I feel like we need that more than ever in terms of getting the word out there about engineering and manufacturing. And I think women are the, the perfect uh, piece of that puzzle to bring everything together.
0: And I think that you, how you worked on yourself and did that and saw that and has self-awareness to that, we need to make a change and grow. You can lead by example to show others, hey, look, I was like this, I was introverted. I, you know, I had this and I I, I saw, again, I saw a weakness that I had, but I want to make a difference. And I had to work on this and put my, I, I always say, put the reps in and do the things to get in front of camera, talk to people, get organized, start with one person, part of my group and just expand my network and put yeah. yourself where the people are at.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's been really humbling as well, too, because uh, as some of the guests that I've had on Mavens, I've actually built really great friendships with them, which was completely unexpected, um, but really humbling, too. And one of them actually said, you know, you created a movement and you should be proud of what movement you created. And I never thought of it that way. I always thought, like, OK, I'm going to share these stories. Hopefully I'll inspire someone. But, you know, I, I see people buying the shirts that I have and taking pictures of it and doing the rosy flex arm. And mm-hmm. it's really, really humbling to see because I really just started this for fun um, and just to provide a, a microphone for the women that I knew that were in the sector that weren't getting enough uh, spotlights on them because they are making the changes. I'm I'm just a content creator. That's my thought process. I'm just a content creator and I provided a platform to, to give these women who are, you know, doing the work and making making the parts, welding the parts, give them a platform so that they can share their stories. So it's it's really humbling to hear that I created a movement that people are following and I hope they continue to follow it. Uh, I did an event back in October of last year where, you know, 30 students attended, only four were girls. Um, They were nervous that I had all of these uh, presenters that were men. But I did end up having uh, two women come on and present. And they said, Okay, now I feel comfortable entering this sector because it is so male dominated. And I didn't see anyone that looked like me. Now that I've talked to these women, and they say it's fun, and it's gratifying. And it's so important. Now I'm going to continue pursuing this as my career my career choice, so it's really great to to get younger girls excited and confident about joining the sector.
0: Yeah. I, I, that's what it's all about. You're just lifting up the community. you built a platform, you're lifting everybody up. We're all humans, we're all equal, and you're just giving them mm-hmm. security and again, you win as you lift everybody around you you rise too. And that's, it's not about yourself. And that's what more of us in this industry need to do, especially it's a diversity. It's a very male driven, you know, uh, industry. How do we bring in the more color and the women and the different perspectives and how we can build an organization and bring in new talent to lift everybody up together. And I I love, I love your your vision, your perspective on it and what you're doing. It's, it's, it's honorable.
1: So, well, thank you. And, you know, I just, I want to, mentioned my branding too so if if you take a look at mavens of manufacturing this is my shameless plug by the way if you take a look at mavens of manufacturing website um there's a pair of aviator goggles that are the main focus and then i have um two rosie the riveters uh, flexing their arm i really wanted to pay homage to the rosie riveter movement back in the the 40s because that really opened up the door for women to, to come into career pathways that weren't typically meant for them. And um, it was at a time where it was all needed for us to come together and support one in each support one another and uplift one another because we were at war. And the women had to step out of their normal roles. And come into an environment that they normally wouldn't consider pursuing, just because of what the social standards were back at that. You know, men had their roles, women had their roles, and it really opened up the opportunity for us to to keep pursuing those career pathways. And I think that's what's needed now. We all need to come together and support one another so that we can close the skills gap, strengthen our uh, our manufacturing foundation, and just uplift one another. It, it's all hands on deck, we're all needed. We all need to you know, promote the heck out of manufacturing and engineering and get that next generation excited and show them the pride that we all have working in this sector. So I, that's why I wanted to connect my brand to what's going on today. Cause I feel like they achieved that back in the forties and women were a high percentage back then. We were around like 40, 42% representation back back during that era. And so let's let's get to that point again where we have um, room for everyone to come join the sector and be successful.
0: Well, your drive your passion and your energy is contagious and you get me excited
1: i'm Thank excited
0: <laughs> i'm excited over this i really appreciate you know uh and you know also i, I educating my you know learning and the, and the audience whoever listens to this educating us about a little bit because it's about perspective right and the way we learn about this and how you talk is, is to put yourself with the people out talk to others understand look at historical facts and data and use it for present day of how do we make a difference how to make a change how do we can improve mm-hmm. our lives in our in our social circles or our business or all every circle we're in and today thankfully we have some tools like linkedin where 6 million people in the industry are on the 6 million mm-hmm. people in manufacturing is located on linkedin where you can put your people are at and you can put yourself there and connect with them, which allows us to and use and quantify these tools. Um, unfortunately, it, I think the last two years has quantified dramatically, but before that, it wasn't. Now everybody is, you know, there's a lot more people on there, but also, I think that's also give gateways like for people like yourself to build that brand, to build the mm-hmm. awareness, and create the community you're trying to do to make a difference in the manufacturing world for women yeah. in manufacturing.
1: Absolutely. COVID really helped with that too, because I think people just got so isolated during that time that they needed an outlet to put information out. And so COVID really helped us adapt these digital tools that we have to really reconnect with one another in a different way. I still prefer human contact over, you know, virtual contact, but it really helped us keep connected and not lose our sanity so much because that was a hard time for all of us to just like cut off uh from the real world and and stay isolated for as long as we were i i was very fortunate not to be in a big city like chicago or new york um or you know some of the cities in italy that they broadcasted to where people are just yelling at each other out of the windows um and i was glad that i wasn't in that situation because we had a little bit more freedom in the movement that we could do outside. Um, but yeah, I think COVID had, it, had its advantages as well as disadvantages that it uh, provided us. So, you know, it, hopefully it gives, we can yeah. keep...
0: It gives go you ahead. perspective of life. It gives you perspective. Yeah. What, what's, a, what's a necessity or what's a nice to have or what's a need. And it really showed a lot of people went into it and should have come out improved, but there are some others who came out want to go back to the old. Ways. But again, I think it gives a lot of perspective, things of this experience. Mm-hmm. I would say a pandemic was we went into it and it, it forced everybody to get uncomfortable or discomfort, have, have a lot of discomfort. And through yeah. that, through that discomfort is where the biggest growth comes from. So if you don't yeah. take advantage of being uncomfortable, going into a, a situation and learning and growing from it and taking that journey to come out to the other side. You know wiser have more knowledge and inspire and change and make a difference you know sometimes it's like you just lost that opportunity and 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 that's that's what i i, I tell a lot of people it's like you got to move forward the the if you keep looking backwards you're you're mm-hmm. going to hurt your neck turning back all right time, right you're going to hurt your yeah neck moving forward you know so it's great i got two more questions for you two okay. more I go. first question you make a male shirt your friend I make a
1: male shirt a male yeah shirt? yeah
0: you do yeah i have
1: uh yeah absolutely i have little, uh, little yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. I, uh, yep i have uh two kinds of shirts i have a baseball tee uh-huh. and i also have just a regular t-shirt for men and women um some of some of the guys got the baseball tee too um just depends on your build i guess right. and then i also have coffee cups and uh uh trucker hats all
0: right well Awesome. The trucker well, hats I, are I, one of my I, favorites. I like one of those shirts and the hats. Well, we could talk about that. And my final yeah. question for you, what's your, I mean, in the next uh, one, two years, future plans for Z-Ink. What's your future plans and your set setting path, what you're trying to do and the, the milestones and objectives you're trying to reach in the next couple of years?
1: So I'm really trying to expand my client base for Z-Ink Solutions. Um, it's funny because that brand has kind of been put on the back burner with Maven's um it comes up as a secondary topic but i'm really just trying to explain my client base because my home life work balance is really important to me and by having um retainer clients i'm able to pick my hours and projects and spend more time with my family for mavens i'm really just trying to get the next generation especially younger girls really excited about engineering and manufacturing and making the sector more of a collaborative space for everyone because right now I feel like there's still some areas where it's not collaborative and there's still you know some negative things happening and I, I want to lessen those negative experiences and increase the more positive ones and um, in my personal community my goal is to start a first robotics team with the high school because right now they do not have one and I think that would be a great place for me to to get younger girls excited about engineering and manufacturing. Because who doesn't like robots? <laughs> I do. So, and I think everybody does. And that's where the sector is going. We're seeing more and more of these automated technologies, especially with cobots and robotic arms. And um, it is the way of the future. So I think if I can uh, create that opportunity, it'd be it'd be really great. And uh, I'm actually funding a bus and getting sponsorship for a bus to take these students to IMTS this year. So I'm really excited to do that. Yeah.
0: You must be nerding out a bit and getting excited for what uh, Elon Musk is coming out with Optimus, his Optimus robot that he's creating once he, once he solves AI.
1: I am unaware of that because I have to be honest. I, I tend not to to follow a lot of celebrities because they get caught up in some things that I don't agree with. Uh, but I'm gonna have to look into that because that that is interesting to me. Um,
0: I wouldn't I kinda, say Elon is a celebrity. I would say he is a Tony Stark of the real world. You know, he on that point. You know, he is something else.
1: He he is. Um, I just actually saw part of a documentary on him talking about his work ethic and he was talking about how he literally slept in his office where he worked and would just work these ridiculous hours on a week-by-week basis and um, it went into his conversation about Tesla and SpaceX and how he was stuck between making a decision of letting one go or dividing up his investment between both companies, and it was just really interesting to see the emotion coming from him because normally when I see him, he he's just got the same smile, and um, seeing that emotion that he had for both of his brands was really eye-opening. So I'm gonna have to look into that because I didn't know that was something he was doing. I just remember all the conversations about him uh, uh, buying Twitter,
0: and yeah, that, laughing that's at that. <laughs> He's trying to fix because you know, he, he just again he's a problem solver, right? He yeah. solves problems. He's the engineer. You solve a problem. He's trying to solve a problem of, of communication in public forums in the public square. Yeah. But in the innovation side of technology, it's you would. I mean, I, I, I always listen to everything he's on, and even his earnings. Calculate. They, they talk about things that it makes the future is bright. He's leading the charge. He's making a difference, and his passion is contagious. To like, wow, the future if we can develop more like him to change the world and what we're trying to do revolutionize space space flight all the things we're doing reuse rockets land them at the same spot who knew we can do that at a lower cost i mean all these things that come it's like wow so it's very the future is bright for all the whole manufacturing industry we just need people just like yourself that come in and want to make a difference. And more and more people like yourself that come in industry and build, it just creates this community that want to make a difference. And you can change a hundred people. One person can do a hundred and just quantifies over time. Cause you lead by. Yeah. example. So I
1: would really like to um, have some sort of technology that records people like him, like their thoughts. Cause I couldn't imagine being that innovative or inventive. Like how, how, like how do you get sleep? Because I just would assume that their mind is always just talking and going. And how do you get
0: sleep? <laughs> special people, out those special people. Well, Megan, thank you so much for coming to Real Talk. It's been a pleasure to have you on. I am. You made me excited. You give me excitement. What you're doing and making a difference. And hopefully, I can help you in your path to success on making a difference in the world of ma- ma- mavens and and your zine.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much, Rob, for having me on. I really enjoyed this time. It was a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully we can meet in person one of these days because I would love to continue collaborating with you as well, because that's what that's it's right. about, about coming together. <laughs>
0: Definitely. Well, thank you very much. And I will talk to you soon.